Hi guys, how are you? I'm really sorry about last week. I was feeling like shit and I still don't know whether it was a kidney infection that had me like shit or the antibiotics which they gave me for it, which had me completely knocked out. So thank you very much for being patient with me. Um, I was thinking and it's funny because last night I realised I went to bed and I realised oh, I haven't got a subject for for the podcast. I think I got out of sync because of last for, because I, last week I was sick. And also my mom is here, so that's also distracting. And it's actually really good that she's here. Um, but actually a light turned on, switched on in my head. And I'm like, I suddenly completely knew. I didn't know what the contents was going to be, but I knew what I was going to talk about. And the subject is friendship. And I think this can be broken down and potentially I could do more chapters on friendship. And the other thing is like doing a bit of research. I also realized that although I'm going to touch a bit on loneliness today, there is a whole podcast waiting there for loneliness because it's it's incredibly impacting or impactful or or whatever you want to say. But anyway, so yeah, so there's going to be a bit of loneliness, but I promise you I'm going to do a loneliness. I may do it next week, actually. So I, I mean, if you know me a bit, and especially my friends, I think you can tell that friendship, it just is my bloodline. I absolutely, I treasure my friendships. I am not, I, I am quite social, but I am not an acquaintance person. I can't fucking do small talk for the life of me. I am probably very deep and intense from the beginning. I'm also fucking ridiculously loyal to my friends. But uh, it's not always been easy, I have to say. So I think that I'm going to start from childhood, actually. And I'm going to talk a bit about the, the, the general concept, which is always what I do, right? Is the general concept and tell you a bit about my experiences and stuff like that. Okay, so I think first thing is that um, I know sometimes I give an image of my mom as her being very, very horrible. She's a really good person. She's got lots of trauma and lots of hang-ups. And they have impacted me in my relationship with her as a mom. But at the same time, I also think there is some things that she's done that are very good. Now, one of the things that I have to say is that she set such an amazing example for friendships. Because my mom has the strongest group of friends. Like, they've been with her for 30 years. And they are super loyal. My mom is not easy to deal with, but they are so loyal to her. And that just shows you that... You can be very, a very, di- very disrupted person or someone with lots of hang-ups and someone that is quite difficult. But if you do the right things, and I'll talk about this because I've found out in a, in a, in a TED talk, with the right effort, even the most disruptive person can have really strong friendships. And then you will find someone that is very popular and very easy and all of that. And they haven't got really strong friendships. And again, this will, I mean, the, the thing will explain it. So anyway, so my back, the background is I had an amazing example with my mom. But having said that, I was very different. I was a hippie, very liberated child 
from a very young age with a very different way of life in a small island that you can cross in an hour and a half, Mallorca. So I always had friends that were my cousins and my uncle, but I struggled quite a bit uh, in primary school because we, I went to school in a, in a school that was in a small villa town uh, in the middle of the island where there was, I mean, Mallorca then in the 70s and the 80s wasn't what it is now. It was very close-minded. And children, because parents are scared of what they don't understand, children, therefore, also transfer exactly the same thing. So it was a lot of bullying. I'm very proud to say I was hit once and it was a guy that was two years above me and I hit him back. So there was a lot of bullying with words but no one hit me ever. But <laughs> sometimes I think words can be a lot more hurtful than whatever, than someone hitting you, to be honest. Um, so I think that made me, in a way, very um, very insecure in lots of ways, and it lasted for a really, really long time. But at school, I had a friend, and I'm happy to say that we lost touch for about probably 30 years. So basically when I was 11, it was the end, the last time I saw her. And then probably about five years ago, so in my late 30s, we found it, or she found me again. So that's what, about 25 years. And we were friends. She was my friend, my constant friend. And uh, I just I remember it of tenderness and she had a really rough upbringing. Her parents were tra quite traditional, but she was someone that she felt, I think, out of place because of her circumstances. Her mom, I remember it was an often thing for her to come over and tell me that her mom had tried to commit suicide again. We were like eight or something like that. There were just lots of things, but I loved her. I absolutely loved her. Um, I actually remember and heard that, oh, bless his soul, she loves him, he's an amazing man. But I think his wife was so mad, um, he, he, I remember that she used to find uh, his uh, porn magazines. And then when I went for a sleepover, we were just people looking at them and it was so sneaky, it was hilarious. It, was, it felt so much more sneakier than me going to the toilet and reading Penthouse because for me it was normal to read Penthouse, everyone read Penthouse in my environment. Um, but no, this, were, this was dirty porn magazines and I just remember giggling. We didn't find it in any way whatsoever erotic or eternal. I mean, first we were very young. But second, they were just so fucking dirty. It was just, it was funny. It was really, really funny. So that was that. And then I changed the schools. Other than that, um, so my mom had friends. I've told you before, there were, there were lo lots of them that were South Americans living in Spain. And there was a friend, I mean, this couple of friends, they had a daughter called Leticia. And she was my best friend. I absolutely thought the sun shined out of her ass. And it was amazing. I got to spend weekends with her and we spent lots of really cool times. I mean, to the point that the first time <laughs> when we started masturbating, I mean, we'll masturbate against each other, but we started masturbating together. It was really funny. I went top of a pillow and just, just ride it on. I mean, come on. It's just like, 
I'm just, uh, I'm, blo- I'm blushing actually, but yeah, it's funny. So Letitia and I were super good friends. Now, Letitia was quite different. She was different from everyone else, but um, I think in a way she was a lot calmer and there was something quite different about her. Um, I think I was very much in your face. Also, although her parents were different, they weren't as crazy different as my mom. My mom just was so outlandish. And... Um, and basically, she was very popular at school. She had no problems whatsoever. And apart from that, there were two other girls that were also children of our parents. Like, there was a group of friends and there were the children. And there were uh, two girls. And one of them I didn't quite click with, but I, I was fine being her friend. We weren't really close friends, but we were friends. And then there was the other one. And the other one was a fucking nightmare. And she made my life hell. So for me, getting all the friends together, it was all fine as long as Nadia, that girl, was with her mom. But when she was with her dad, which meant that when she was with the group, I knew it was going to be a shit day for me because she would bully me. And I don't understand because I'm so strong, yet I remember being bullied by so many different groups growing up. So that's interesting. Maybe something to analyse. Maybe when I get my full counselling um certification then I'll I'll be able to self-analyze this factor but anyway so that was that but I was super close with my cousins and with my uncle so I wasn't lonely I felt I wished I had more friends but I wasn't lonely however that all changed when I changed to secondary school and suddenly and it wasn't at the beginning of secondary school I mean I made more friends at the beginning of secondary school but and so I had moved to the city, so that really helped. But it was more um, in when I moved to the second secondary school and when I was in my, I was about 16, 15. And that was because I went, um, I moved to the countryside, to the town where all my cousins were and my uncle was and everything. And it wasn't so much the... It wasn't so much that I was people I knew. I mean, I didn't know practically anyone in my class. I think I knew one guy or something like that. But it was more the fact that, first, I think they had a background to me because they knew my family, but I don't even think it was that. So the town where my mom grew up, she hates it. So there is this really weird place where people are very judgmental and stuff. But then there is also all these spikes of creativity and you get all these people that are extremely different and very creative and they stay there, although the, the environment is very closed up. So it's, it's quite interesting. So that's where I fe- found people. And suddenly I went from being not popular at all to being popular. And I'm not saying being like your stereotypical popular, like, oh, well, everyone wants to be your friend and you dress according to something no it was a different kind of popularity it was I mean mind you we're talking early 90s so it was very grunge but I was popular because suddenly me being different but being quite comfortable with my being different was cool and was attractive and that's when I started just um yeah just having all of this having said that when I moved from primary because I moved to the city and then to this other town I had lost contact with my friend from the school which was Chiska and by the way the time we reached the teenage years um, 
things happened that meant that me and Letitia also our relationship broke and it was a bit both of our faults. I was very jealous or envious of Letitia because she was very beautiful and she was very confident and also because she also I guess had talking about it later she had insecurities about me and um, she also let her friends that didn't like me because I was a threat because I was very close to her but I wasn't like Letitia so they couldn't follow they kind of worked her against me and I think there was lots of insecurity but I mean we're girls in our teenage years so that broke up but I made new amazing friends and it was it was quite amazing actually and I think I mean, with Lila, with my oldest daughter, I've lived a lot of this. So the school where Lila used to go was a very close-minded, thick-headed, ignorant group of people. And the parents and the children. And uh, it was mainly uh, black. And I always say that we can all be racist. Every single one of us is racist at some point or another. The point is, in that school, um, there was a lot of racism against non-blacks. And... I kind of stood my ground because I was thinking, no, 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 this is not happening and stuff like that. But the bullying became unbearable. And I have to say that I also think that the biggest problem about Lila wasn't so much that she wasn't black, but the fact that she was different. She thought different. She behaved different. She didn't quite want to follow the rules. Um, She wasn't disruptive. She just wasn't like everyone else. And that created a lot of bullying. And and Lila is still traumatized by it. But I think, I mean, and even David, he also got a lot of bullying because of his brother. And I think it's really, really important to realise realize that uh, we always, I mean, movies perhaps always portray people that are bullied as really meek, weak or anything like that. But in reality, a lot of the time, bullying happens to someone that is different and who people don't are scared of and they don't even try to understand And I think that's really, really sad and that can be very damaging. But I wonder sometimes after all my work, my my, my research today, whether bullies are actually the people that are truly lonely and whether the bullied are not necessarily lonely. But I'll I'll get to that eventually. Anyway, so I think being a teenager is really, really, a teenager is really difficult because you start finding yourself and suddenly your friends become the most important thing in your life. Because they are the only ones that you think understand you. And this is so true in so many levels. But at the same time, there is also the other edge, which is where the hormones are all over the place. And at times, relationships and friendships can break and shatter in such a fucking dramatic way. And it's heartbreaking. And every, I mean, everything is so dramatic when you're a teenager, seriously. But I don't know, I still always wonder. I mean, I made friends that then became super intensely close friends and then everything went to fuck very quickly and again I had a friend like this uh, Ariadna which we included I mean we even ended up living together for a while at her parents house because of whole mess up but um, it got to so with with her it was all really good until I found her and <laughs> um, basically um yeah, she had to use my boyfriend. Having said that, she was just so fucking... And she's still... She's just so fucking beautiful. It's ridiculous. But again, 
that is something that I've, rec- I mean, we, we've recovered our friendship and we're friends again. But this is what I'm saying. When you're a teenager, it's like you shouldn't be judged only by who you are as a teenager because you are evolving into someone and you may make lots of mistakes, but that could make you a better person eventually. But yes, but friendships when you're a teenager, they're the most important thing in the world, yet they, are ex- they can be extremely disruptive. And I know of lots of cases where someone has was going in the perfect path and suddenly a friendship can completely disrupt them and their life goes to fuck. Um, so yeah, teenage friends, there you go. Anyway, so then we can move to adult friends. And then I always say to Lila and to Violet, and I was like, look, through life you have school friends, you have work friends, you have temporary friends, you have for life friends. Um, and... Every single person of them is important. And I, I mean, I think this is what is really difficult because you can, I mean, where, where is the line where you separate acquaintances, friends, and then very, very strong, like very intimate friends or very strong friendships? So I don't know, because for me, acquaintances always feels very superficial. It's people that you know that you'll have a small chat with, but whether you are. And I've had work friends and university friends and temporary friends that I was very close to them for a certain amount of time. And then because we either moved or worked somewhere else or something happened, that suddenly there is not the commonalities. So they stopped being friends, but who I still keep in my heart with a lot of love. So I wouldn't call that an acquaintance. So just because someone is temporary doesn't mean that it's an acquaintance. I think they, are, they can be very strong friendships, but you can't. I always say to the girls, you can't carry everyone with you all the time because life changes and you have to make room for new place, for new people and for new things. So there is that. And then th- there are acquaintances, I guess, and these are people that you have a little chat with and you're not very close to, but you have a good giggle and you see them often enough, maybe because of work or your environment. And then there are for life friends. And oh my God, these people, these people are the people that are there and who you're always going to be there for. They're family without the blood ties. And we can link it back to lots of the things that I said when we talked about um, about family. Anyway, so I have to say I am not good at small talk at all. I'm not very good at acquaintances either. I mostly always hate people or I'm just like, I'll say something like, or they'll irritate me or something. I'm probably irritating to lots of people too, and that's fine. But I am very good at deep. It's like, if I feel the chemistry with someone, I latch on to that person and I will make sure that the, rela- that the relationship, the friendship goes somewhere. And um, I think an example is Joe, because I am very close to Joe and it's just been over a year since we became friends. And I mean, I talk to her about her all the time and she always laughs because she was saying, oh, you don't talk to me about me. And I'm like, I mentioned you in nearly every single episode. So shut up. Anyway, so I found in my uh, research uh, a term called frintimacy. And is where both people feel seen and safe. And I think this is what I'm good at. And I'm not going to say that I've got shitloads of very, very close friends. I think I've got a bunch of, uh, quite a bunch of friends, but then I have a few extremely good friends. And I think this is my area of expertise because I feel like I'm a fucking millionaire in this. Um, 
Now, in this, this TED talk that I was watching, uh, this woman, she's, uh, I think she's a psychologist and sociologist, and they, she did research about friendship. I mean, this is in the US, okay? And I could, I know of people that are very lonely in the US, and I, I always wonder whether it's something about the culture that doesn't, um, doesn't quite create the environment or the culture to, to build these things. Okay, so basically, okay, I'm going to jump a bit, okay? Okay, so first I'm going to say to you, up to 70% of people in the US aren't fulfilled with their friendships. Meaning they were given a barometer of one as uh, not close at all or not very very satisfied with their friendships to 10. And 70% scored under five, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you about what comes back. And this is one. Okay, so there is a triad for really strong friendships. One is positivity, which means that you can cry over each other, but like it's like one for one negative experience, there's five positive. So for one day in which you cry over each other's shoulders, there's five positive experiences of doing something together that is really nourishing or just having a very good laugh or giving or having a really good time or just very good cuddles or amazing conversation or really good connection, okay? So there's positivity, there is consistency, which builds trust, meaning that you keep seeing that person, there is a consistency in the relationship. And vulnerability, which means that you let people in. Now, my version, from my experience with dealing very closely with some people in the US, is that the vulnerability is an issue in the US. And I think it's a cultural thing. It's like, is this feeling of you have to be so strong and you have to be so amazing and, and we are this indestructible and I'm tough and I'm not weak and not, nothing like that, which doesn't allow for vulnerability. So how will you have a real relationship with someone if they don't allow them to see your weakness? And to deny that we have any weak points is the most ridiculous. It's like saying we don't need air to breathe. It's just the most stupid thing ever and I think it's a cultural thing and it's I think it's really sad and I think the fact that we in Europe or in lots of different cultures don't feel this need of proving that we are the best and being able to be vulnerable creates much stronger relationships so this is my view on that but I thought that was very very interesting and this is what led me to the loneliness factor but I don't think that I want to talk so much about loneliness I want to talk about this thing, I am good, I think. I mean, I'm fucking mad and I love doing stupid shit and I love going on adventures and I love laughing at stupid shit, including myself more than anything. So there is the positivity. Consistency is because, as I said, if I like someone, I think I have good chemistry with them. I will latch on to them until we are very good friends. And sometimes I'm not very consistent in perhaps in keeping in touch or trying to make sure that we routinely meet. But I'm always very consistent in whenever we meet, even after months of not seeing each other, I will behave as if nothing had ever happened. And I'll make sure that we we load off in everything that has happened in between. And vulnerability and that is where I am raw as fuck, as I am always, even in my podcast. So in a way, I guess that when I'm talking to you like this, it's like you're my best friends too. But um, just let people in, just tell them the good, the bad and the ugly, because there's nothing, nothing like it. 
So in this in this TED talk I was reading, she talked about a few doctors, pathologists and stuff like that. And they said, all the doctors said, and actually this is something that I've heard in so many other places and I think I've even read in, in magazines and stuff like that, in articles and blogs. But loneliness is a bigger killer than obesity. Wait, it says, loneliness damages our bodies or health more than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. This is research, okay, guys? I'm not making this up. Equivalent to being an alcoholic is more harmful than not exercising and is twice as harmful as obesity. So this is how important this is. So I am a fucking millionaire. I am so happy and I wish all of you to fucking be vulnerable because if that means you're going to have all these friends. Having said that, I've had friends which I gave a lot to and then uh, they either were not vulnerable or they were very negative instead of positivity. And I'm sorry, I can help you. I'm your friend. I'm going to help you. But if you are dragging me down with you and you don't want to get out of the bad, bad place... I'm not in. I'm sorry, but I am not in. Or someone that flails, flails on you all the time, that whenever you need them, they say, yes, 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 I'll be there. And I have a friend like this or, well, I don't know if she's a friend. I will think more she's an acquaintance because I think she's failed me so much and she's shown me no consistency whatsoever. And even when she contacts me, I just feel like, well, what, what, what are you bothering for? And I feel closer to her husband, actually, because he's a lot more consistent. Um. So it's no, I mean, you can have vulnerability and positivity, or you can have positivity and consistency, or you can have consistency and vulnerability. But it's the triad. We need the three of them to some degree, guys. Anyway, so that's, that's what friendships are. And I just want to finish with something. Um, it's, it's normal. I mean, sometimes our heart gets broken by friendship. And... I think shit happens. And I think sometimes it's the failing of one person, like in a normal relationship. Sometimes it's the failing of the two people, like in a normal relationship. But if you got anything good from that relationship, even the pain of the heartbreak is worth it. Because there's nothing like feelings. There's nothing like the richness and the love that you may feel at any point. And thinking that because someone broke your heart, you're better protecting yourself from a relationship or a friendship, it's utter bollocks. It's going to be the death of you. It doesn't. It doesn't count. And maybe you're close to your family, but are they that? Are they the vulnerability? Are all of that? Because what you need is all of those issues. And sometimes you need a different perspective. So surround yourself with friends, guys, seriously, even when they break your heart. And I've had lots of that. I had, you know, the white single female searches or whatever with, uh, is it what, uh, Bridget Fonda. And I had one of those. Yes, uh, I met her in Glasgow and uh, she, I remet her in Spain and I remet her in London. And every single time she was a fucking psycho and she fucked me up. So I closed the door and I've learned something. I will jump headfirst into any friendship relationship if I, it seems worth it. But the moment it becomes toxic, I will close the door and say goodbye and have no regrets. Because the point is that without those mistakes and without those heartbreaks, I wouldn't be where I am and I wouldn't be anything that I am. 
So yes, so just because someone, I mean, we all make mistakes. I mean, I'm sure you have broken some of your friends' hearts many times. But yes, but there is health in friendship. And I want to, I want to say <laughs> thank you to all of you who are amazing friends. There's lots and lots and lots of you. Um, this team, which I've never met, he's <laughs> in Canada, but... I consider him a real friend. And actually, we, I think we talk more when we have the bad thing than anything. It's the consistency. It's always there. And positivity and the vulnerability. So there, Tim, I know you're listening to this. So if you think that perhaps because we haven't met or we don't have extremely long chats all the time, we are not... We, we give each other the three things. So there you go. Sorry, there's a truck coming by and the windows are open. But obviously, we're friends, Tim. This has, this has shown it to us. Um, there is okay. So, okay. So I've I've mentioned some friends. I mentioned Chiska from my childhood. I mentioned Leticia. I mentioned Ariadna. Um, I've got Maria, who is a friend that has accompanied me through life. I, I mean, we've we've lived together, and we are so disruptive to each other because we are so fucking different. But she's my sister from another Mister, obviously. And then there are these people. There are people like David. There are people like my uncle, who is my brother, but he's also my friend. There are people like uh, Sandra. And there is Laura. And there is Lida. And there is many more, but these people, these people that I've just mentioned, man, you guys are, you're everything to me. And I'm so grateful. And I can't express how much I love you and how grateful I am for you, for having you in my life and for putting up with me, no matter what. And yeah, you're the absolute best. And of course, I, I always say, Laura and I have this thing, we are each other's person. It's like, we are, we're more than, than friends and family. We are just, I'm never lonely. I always have, Laura. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting teary-eyed, I have to say. Uh, oh, yes, and I have to mention someone. So I don't know if you followed, if you go into, sorry, I can't remember. I've got my memory so shit. If you go to my Instagram, uh, Raw Womanhood Podcast, only one word, uh, you will see a couple of weeks ago I mentioned, I posted something about a friend of mine who also has a podcast. I will repost about it. She makes an amazing podcast. Um, so Sydney is someone that I've met on my course. And again, she's one of these people that we just had a few, we had the, 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 the Zoom uh, lecture and then they, straight away I wanted to be in contact with her. So I started messaging her on WhatsApp and I think we are becoming friends. Um, I absolutely adore her. So I'm latching on to her and I'm kind of forcing it on her to be my friend, whether she likes it or not. So there you go, Sydney. You're listening to this. You're fuck baby. You're not getting rid of me. Um but uh, she does an amazing podcast. Uh, it's mostly, mostly about the whole uh, body image and being fat or being slim and how you get through everything. I think something is like I was in a sect or something like that. And she's talking about Slimming World, which is hilarious. So guys, please just go. Uh, just check my, my Facebook or my um, Instagram and you will be able to see to, to, to see a link to follow her podcast because she's fucking brilliant. She's nuts. I think if you listen to her, her podcast, you could, will completely get why I want to be friends with her. She's fucking ridiculous like me. Anyway, guys, 
make lots of friends i love you keep looking at the silver lining and keep smiling and see you next week remember share follow like everything tell your friends how nuts i am and see whether they want to hear me rant and message me if you have anything to say again raw womanhood podcast in both um instagram and uh facebook Mm. and be awfully awesome bitches bye guys